Hey, hello. Welcome. <laughs> it's episode 140. 140. Bizarreties. Uh, we started this. <laughs> I started this episode like, I don't know how many times just now. I have such a problem starting the episode. I think mom should start it from now on. I love to start the episode. I think that should be your job because I get like, <laughs> she sits Bluster. there and looks at me and I'm like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hi. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> I said, should I start by saying hello? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I should say it. I should say it. <laughs> Say hello. Go on. Go say hello. <laughs> oh, if anybody gets the reference, that's Christmas vacation. Anyway, uh, hi, hey, hello. It's episode 140 from Bizarreties. Killer Hangover. Oh my gosh, I love Bizarreties. Love it, and I am so excited to share my story. Uh, I know Mom's really super psyched about sharing hers because she had like firsthand experiences of going to these places on a I recent know. trip. And then we both chose a cocktail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. Mine's so you look thrilled. No, mine's so strong. I, I'm not going to be able to drink this. I, mine's I will take very a few strong sips. too. Mine's strong too. So, warning this is a hangover episode. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, hey. Well, how before we jump in though, how are you? What's going on? What's new with mom? <laughs> well, I just got rid of all of you guys. Yeah, we were all <laughs> there for the 4th of July. And every time I've talked to her since we've left, she's like, I'm cleaning. I'm cleaning. <laughs> hey, we're clean. I left it clean. <laughs> One of the best of my abilities <laughs> with four kids. No, that's fine. I mean, we had four dogs, four kids, and a whole bunch of adults. So it was great. It was great. But it's always like takes two days to get everything cleaned up afterwards between yeah, laundry. No, I and, get it. I get it. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Back to rehearsals. And that's good. And so back to research, I kind of slacked off during Fourth of July week. Well, you know, and I mean, and you're rehearsing lines, which Alex loved to do with you while he was <laughs> I know he needs to come back because I've got more lines to memorize. <laughs> she speaks with a Russian accent, which <laughs> the boys walked in on her practice running lines with herself <laughs> in the kitchen one day. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's well, wrong? No Russian. <laughs> It was uh, pretty funny. So, yeah, we're all excited for mom's big play. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's going to be so much stinking fun. I'm oh. excited for you. So how anyway. about you? It's it's hotter than H-80s. Double hockey sticks. Is that how you say yes. it? Yeah. <laughs> it is so hot. I mean, the heat index today is 115. It's disgusting. It's disgusting outside. Even just walking to my garage this morning to get my espresso out of the refrigerator. <laughs> I was like melting. I'm melting. <laughs> it was horrible. Well, I walked the dog and we came home and both of us were like, oh my gosh. 
Yeah. So I've been coming up with a lot of really fun toddler activities for inside. On my way into the office to record today, I tripped over all of my Flores lava balloons. I blew up all of these red and orange balloons and filled the playroom. And they set up their nuggets and jumped from, oh my gosh, it! they've been playing with that for the last three days, Flores nice. lava. But I'm about to go through and pop all the lava because I have tripped over so many gosh darn balloons in the last <laughs> couple of days. How do you trip uh, over a balloon? It like rolls under your feet as you're walking. Um, mom, there's like 200 balloons out Can't there. you like <laughs> kick your feet while you're walking? I try. I'm just asking. <laughs> uh then again it's you so <sighs> doing three four or five things at once as i'm walking yeah must remember to kick my feet as i walk there you go add one more um, thing that's all but yeah that's really been my life is keeping kids entertained inside uh if it once the sun goes down i'm like go outside go play some baseball while i get dinner ready go do whatever outside so they've been playing with the neighbor kids and getting out once the sun starts to go down but i know it's bad today is weird is it is it weird there too it's yeah. dark i mean it it's, is dark well we were supposed to have storms and then it got pushed off so now it's hot and humid mm -hmm. so yeah anyway i don't know what's going on more to talk about than just the weather y'all the weather <laughs> those who watch patreon we uh sat down like it was a morning show and mom's like and now with the weather, that's like all we've <laughs> talked about this episode. Hey. Oh, I got my hair done. I, I was going to say, you did get a break yesterday. Got to go I to did. the hairdresser. I had a nice break. I love my stylist. She's one of my really good friends, Joe. Uh, we used to do hair together. And now I get treated by her. Um, she's an angel. She's amazing. And we love talking spirits and uh, gosh darn it. I forget the word right now that she told me I need to start looking into um, channeling. She oh. says I need to start looking into channeling. We were just talking about how we're sensitive to spirits and sensitive to feelings and people even sometimes and um, empathic and all that kind of stuff. And it's fun to get your hair done and talk about those kinds <laughs> of things. Was great okay <clears throat> enough about me enough about you enough about the weather I'm playing with a box opener a, a, an envelope opener here I don't know why That's okay dangerous, <laughs> dangerous. okay <clears throat> mom would you like yes. to begin yes I would actually <laughs> they're like, like the listeners are like yes please start <laughs> um as Beth said, we both have a cocktail. Um, so I'm going to introduce mine first and do my thing. And then Bethy is going to introduce hers and go finish the episode with her stuff. So I am so excited. Okay. I'm just, this, this drink scares me. Serious. Okay. I know this drink literally scares me. Okay. I'm covering Savannah. Um, I recently was able to go there with my husband and, oh my gosh, I, it, we are so going, we're, we're taking a girl's trip or something and we are I'm going down. to Savannah. Yeah. I loved that place. Just loved it. 
not only the paranormal part of it, but also all the moss on the trees and the beautiful homes and the, I could go on and on. I I really could because it it's amazing. It's amazing. I love to get on TikTok and follow this lady. It's like morning Savannah walks or Savannah morning. I don't know something, but she takes just she just walks around Savannah. Oh, and that's all her TikTok. It's a live of her walking around Savannah, and she tells the history of places, hauntings of places, and just chats about savannah and it's just so fascinating to me i should have done that while i was there it was she lives there and she does it daily with her dog and she just walks around and and shares about all of oh my gosh it's so so cool yeah it's it's a it's a wonderful city but anyway so i came up with a drink well i didn't come up with it because it is savannah's drink (laughs) so yeah, it's strong it's, then. <laughs> it's called the Chittum Artillery Punch. And it was made in the 17 to 1800s, uh, Georgia's first colonial artillery mission m- military. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> militia. That's the there word. First colonial artillery militia created the Chittum Artillery Punch. Okay. From what else I read is. The soldiers just kind of wanted to celebrate one night a victory or something, and they just dumped whatever was close to them into kind of like punch. jungle juice. <laughs> yeah. Now I, I made I made the single serving, but most of the recipes are punch. You know, big servings, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, I guess they dumped this into this just this big barrel and just started making it. Oh so. my gosh, it is like jungle juice. That's hilarious. Okay, cool. All right. What's in it? So I, and this I is a single serving is really strong because if it's usually made for like a punch, that might be a little less strong, maybe. I don't know. I think the punch is pretty, probably pretty darn strong too. Because no matter what, okay. Okay, so this is a single serving, and it's one ounce of bourbon, one ounce of cognac, one ounce of Jamaican rum. I just used rum. <laughs> Guess it was Jamaican. I don't know. Uh, you know what? We have our substitute. <laughs> <laughs> one ounce of simple syrup, and I use the agave syrup. Sorry, a half an ounce be. of lemon juice, two ounces of champagne, and one pinch of nutmeg. Now I have to say I don't like nutmeg, so I left the nutmeg off. What does the nutmeg do? I don't know, I but wonder. I I can't tell you because I don't have it. Shake, strain, rocks. Top with bubbly and then great nutmeg if you're using it. I'm curious what the nutmeg would do. I wonder if it takes away like the alcohol aftertaste or something like that. I don't know, but um, I think the the sparkling also kind of takes the bite out of the sure. um, all the bourbons and stuff. Viewers, I'll just be taking little sips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cheers. Cheers. That's a punch. It's a punch. <laughs> it's good though. I mean, it's, I can't drink too much of this. I'll be just off the rails. <laughs> Make for a really good time. <laughs> Don't go fight any drink. battles after drinking that. We should drink this show. together Woo. <laughs> and record. That will be a fun episode. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. Okay. So that was my drink. I, I have to have some water. Sorry. <laughs> advertising this drink so well 
No, it's good if you're sitting around drinking and having you're a either party, putting but... people off or you're they're very interested. <laughs> we got these really cool cups. They look backwards. We did. But, um, so we got two of them from one we of our gifted. listeners, Michelle. Yes. You guys are so great with the gifts and the goodies that we've gotten. Just yeah, so nice. I know. We have the best hangoveries. No. <laughs> no, we decided not to call them that. <laughs> <laughs> all right mom tell us your bizarre stories okay what i'm going to cover is kind of mm, the darker kind of darker side of savannah now a few patron episodes ago i did cover the 1820 yellow fever epidemic that hit the city and i talked a lot about the um colonial park cemetery I am not going to cover that in this episode. You have to listen to it on Patreon. <laughs> that was a good episode. That's what got me the idea of doing the buried alive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was it was really good. Just a lot of people died of this disease. Um it was really good. A lot of people died. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I said? Oh boy. That's no. No, it's sad that a lot of people died. <laughs> But what was really sad is if you didn't have enough money, you were dumped into a mass grave. So we went to that cemetery and, you know, took some pictures, but I read the plaque and it said 700 people were buried, you know, in these mass graves and stuff. But that's Jeez. not, that's not factual. <laughs> the fact is after the poor that grave diggers. is not right. <laughs> no, it's not. But there's a reason for it. Uh, the poor grave dig diggers, when they when the epidemic was over, they had to jump into the graves and count the bodies. So they jumped in there and the actual number is 666. And since that's, well, not a number anyone wants to write on a plaque. Not a nice <laughs> number. They bumped it up to 700 saying there probably is more than 700 anyway. So we'll probably just, closer to that. We'll round up. We'll just round up to 700. <laughs> So like I said, I did the episode, the patron episode on, I kind of covered the disease and what it does to the body and then how the bodies were collected and buried as well as other going ons in the Colonial Park Cemetery. But this episode, I'm going to cover other places in Savannah that we actually visited. The city is considered as the most haunted in America even by the American Paranormal Institute of Psychology. Savannah is a, remember that word? Necropolis. Oh, yep. <laughs> it's a necropolis in that it is built over the dead. Those from Patreon know why I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> when walking around Savannah, you are literally walking on unknown graves. So according to our, we went on the Beyond Good and Evil Ghost Tour and our guide was Nikki. And according to her, the uneven sidewalks and stuff is due to the graves underneath, you know, the body settling and and doing whatever bodies do underneath you when you're walking on them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and then oh, some and of the trees there are so old. So I'm sure the roots take a lot of pressure. Hey, hey, it. don't take away from the dead bodies. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> Not to be scientifical or anything. <laughs> scientifical? You know I'm so smart. <laughs> Any, anyway, when you are in Savannah, that's something you have to do is go on a ghost tour. It's like one of the things, visit Savannah, go on a ghost tour. Yeah. 
And there are so many every night. It's kind and of eat funny. Food because their food is delicious. Well, you have to eat food anyway, but. Well, I mean, to... like really eat food. Like <laughs> you have to go on a ghost tour. It's just a thing there. There's so many there. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. At night, you just see hundreds of people walking around. In All these, these groups. Bunched, bunched up in groups. It's kind of funny. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, oh, and I think I mentioned too in the uh, patron episode that construction workers, even to this day, will dig up bodies. So, I mean, there's just so many bodies underneath this city. Uh, when they dig them up, I guess they have to call the police. They have to do a criminal investigation. So they have to tape everything off, even though, you know, have a forensic pathologist or whatever come down, take the body. This happens even to this day. Had I known that before, I would have stopped at a construction site and asked them. I seriously would have. I don't care. I can see mom there with her little business cards that she hands out of killer hangover everywhere. Talking to the construction crew. Hi. Hi. I I, I have a podcast. Here's my card. Have you found a body? <laughs> <laughs> I so would. I know. I know you would have. <laughs> and every restaurant, every restaurant we went to, I left my card. <laughs> on the table my mother goes through so many business cards it is the cutest thing yeah <laughs> I'm, so, I'm proud oh, all right i did take some pictures and i'm going to post that on our website for this episode so the first place i'm going to cover is the mercer williams house i'm sure a lot of people have heard about this place it's a beautiful home that dates back to 1860 when it was constructed for general Hugh W. Mercer, who happened to be the great-grandfather of songwriter Johnny Mercer back in the day. Its construction was interrupted by the Civil War, and the house was finished in 1868. Mercer never lived in it. It was sold to a John Wilder. And in 1969, James, or as most people call him, Jim Williams, bought the vacant building and spent the next two years restoring the old home. He was an antique collector, had amazing, amazing antiques in his house. And anyway, if that name, Jim Williams, rings a bell, it may be from the uh, 1994 novel Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, which was written by John Burrent. Uh, There's also the 1997 movie of the same name with John Cusack and Kevin Spacey. Uh, may I suggest the book? <laughs> okay. I was not impressed with the movie, but there you go. The home itself has seen at least three deaths. 11-year-old Tommy Downs, who was, who in see 1969 went to the abandoned home and it's, said that he was like chasing birds or looking for pigeons or something like that. Anyway, he broke into the home. He went up to um, a top balcony and somehow or another he fell. When oh, he gosh. fell off the balcony, there's there's these iron oh, gate that goes around it. And they have these really sharp spikes on the very top of it. And he fell, mm. his head was impaled by a spike. You really didn't need to share that detail. You could have just said he fell. No, I do have to share it because... Is this ghost walking around with, like, spike in his head? No. Okay. 
No. But the spike has never been replaced. So <gasps> you can go, you know, you can, I mean, we were on that side of the house and there was one missing spike. Yeah. Some say he was pushed, of course, or thrown, but that's just speculation. So that's little Tommy. Then that's in sad. 1981, Danny Hansford was shot and killed by Jim Williams. Now the book and the movie, I mean, this is a true story that happened and the book and the movie just kind of evolve around this true story. Okay. Danny was shot by Jim and then uh, Jim himself died of heart failure at the age of 59 in 1990, crumbling to his death in the same room Hartford had died in. The house is now owned by William's sister, Dorothy Kingry. Um, she does not allow tours in the house, but uh, of course, all the tours go to this house because it's so well known from the book and, and everything. And Williams was a huge figure in Savannah. Can you imagine just groups of people walking like to your house and taking pictures of your house on a daily basis? I know. It'd be so weird. It'd be so That'd weird. Be just, just so weird. So paranormal events at the house are many. Tommy's spirit. Now, this is why I had to include the, the fence. The impalement. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Because it's kind of residual. People have seen. Mm him falling over and over and over again, getting spiked. That's horrible. That would be, I mean, why, you know, why? So it's just residual energy, I guess, doing it over and over. Well, that's just so much energy that was left behind. I would assume it's just so much little 11 year old boy. Oh. Yeah. Staff and visitors have reported seeing Williams walking up and down the hallway of the house as well as sightings of Hansford, so Danny, in the hallways. The two spirits seem to be bond, you know, just stuck in the house. They pass each other in the hallways, I guess, and don't see each other. They don't know that the other one is there. Well, didn't so it's one just, of them kill the other? Yeah, Williams killed Danny. Yeah, so how so bizarre. So they're just kind of passing how each bizarre. other. How bizarre. How <laughs> bizarre. I know. <laughs> they just weird. continuously pass each other in the hallway. I, I think it's kind of not intelligent. They're just it's kind residual of, again. That's weird. Mm -hmm. It's kind of funny, I think. <laughs> it is. Or they're just, and, they are intelligent and they're just ignoring each other. Just, I, don't, I think they're, they're just oblivious. They're oblivious. Just kind of, I mean, I've never heard of spirits just walking in the hallways, passing each other. You know, they're either in a room or whatever. And they don't seem to be in the room that both died in. That's weird. I That's think bizarre. so. <laughs> in Every life. Time Beth says bizarre, you're supposed to be taking a drink. <laughs> Fun game. <laughs> Fun game. <laughs> in life, Jim Williams. Oh, that punch threw... that mom is making no. is very strong. Okay. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. <laughs> I know you do. In life, Williams threw loud, lavish parties. Now there are reports from neighbors complaining of loud music, laughing, voices coming from the Mercer Williams house late into the night. But then when the police show up, all is quiet. That poor Dorothy lady that's living there. <laughs> she just She's not getting any rest because there's all these parties going on around her. I actually don't know if she lives there. Oh. She might. 
That's she a good can't question. Because there's so many parties. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know if she lives there. Some say that the uh they're when they take pictures and then look at them later, there's faces in the pictures. So some recognize a little boy's face. Others mm -hmm. recognize a man's face. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did not capture any faces. I took a lot of pictures. <laughs> window, 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 window. <laughs> and then she put her card in the gate and she left. <laughs> I did not. Gave it to my tour guide. <laughs> Can I just tell a side story super fast? Yeah, I went on super a ghost fast. Tour, super fast. I went on this ghost tour uh, in Chicago with my sister and her fiance and Alex. And we, I don't know how we got on. I was talking to the tour guide about something, one of the ghost stories that she's talking about. And she was like, yeah, I said, yeah, I have a podcast. And we talk about this kind of stuff. And she literally looked at me and she goes, yeah, I hate podcasts. <laughs> We, the four of us were just looking at her like, wait, did you just say that? Like, that's so weird. And if I were on my feet, I would have been like, I hate ghost tours. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> anyway, I just always think about that now with. Oh, and now you're guys. scared. Now you're scared to give your card out. No, I have You've been trauma cards at home. You've been I traumatized. <laughs> no one has ever been rude to me. They always are excited. Thank she you. Says, I hate podcasts. It's like, wow. Wow. That's so rude. <laughs> you are a beach. All right. Sorry. Go back no to tip for you. No, no, I didn't tip her. I thought that was really rude. I didn't tip her, but Alex tipped her. Anyway, go on. Okay. <laughs> the next house is the Sorel Weed House, mm. uh, which we did visit. Have you heard of it? I, I feel like I have. Okay. We did visit it story. on the ghost tour. Um, supposedly, this is the most haunted house in Savannah. The history, I know where you heard of it. Okay. The history of this house is quite disturbing. The house was built in 1840 by shipping merchant Francis Sorel, who was born on his father's sugarcane plantation in St. Dominique, which is now Haiti. When he was five, the Haitian Revolution evolved and the revolting slaves burned down the plantation. One of the slaves took Francis, who was half Haitian and half French, under his wing. I only mention this because even though the slaves showed this little boy tremendous kindness and saved his life, Francis still grew up to be a very wealthy merchant who bought and sold slaves, treating them horribly along what the way. What an ass. Sorry. The Sorrell family mm -hmm. lived in the house for two decades. Then it was sold to Henry Weed in 1859. The house remained in the Weed family until 1914. It lay abandoned until 1940, when the when the Society for the Preservation of Savannah Landmarks took it over, and it was finally in 1954 declared a state landmark. So that's kind of the history of the Sorrell weed house now in i guess in savannah maybe in the south even the builder of the house is like mercer williams you know mm -hmm. the builder of the house and then the person who next bought it their names are combined mm -hmm. so that's why most of the houses have two names with multiple them. names yeah sorrell's first wife lucinda died of yellow fever in 1827 and two years later francis married her sister 
Matilda. Keep it in the family. <laughs> uh, why bother looking for a wife? There's one sitting here. Let's <laughs> just grab her. <laughs> Times are weird back then. Records show that Matilda committed suicide in 1859 mm. by throwing herself to her death from the second or third story window of the house. Jeez. As window or balcony of the house. Yeah. Her suicide could have been because of ongoing depression. One of her relatives said that they had gotten letters from her and she was increasingly more and more depressed. Or what the story mostly covers is that she walked in on her husband and a slave girl named Molly having sex in the slave quarters and she was so distraught about this because one he's having an affair two it's a slave girl so she killed herself and then weirdly enough two weeks later molly was found in her slave quarter bedroom hung and Mm. she was dead question is did she really hang herself or was she murdered maybe to keep the affair a secret so as not to ruin Sorel's reputation. Mm-hmm. There was also a weird rumor going around at the time that Matilda's death was caused by voodoo, the workings of Molly, who must have seduced Francis. I oh, mean, why else would Francis have a relationship Ugh. with an African-American slave? <laughs> What's more likely is that Francis sick. raped the slave, the female slave. Molly was a victim. Yeah, yeah, one of which poor Molly was one of those. With the tragic history of the house, it's very conceivable that there are spirits haunting the home, of course. And to add to the hauntings, it is said that in 1779, the second most bloodiest battle of the Revolutionary War was fought on the land that the Sorel Weed House sits on. And that a thousand British soldiers, their bodies were buried and the house built over their mass grave. Ugh. In the late 1990s, bones of soldiers were dug up when a courtyard was built between the house and the slave quarters. Okay, so during our tour, Nikki, the guide, told us that Ghost Adventures had visited the home. And that's where I'm sure you've heard of it. I think so. So, of course, Bettina had to run to the Discovery Channel and find... She ran. I ran. No, I don't run anymore. <laughs> so I had to watch the episode. Now on the as we have said before, when you're looking up Ghost Adventures, the episodes, you can't they're never it's like, right. Anywhere, oh, this is no. episode 11 or season 11 episode 1 or this there's so many glitches in this. But on Discovery, where I watched it, it is in fact season 11 episode 10 on Discovery Plus. On Discovery Plus. People that Zach interviewed said that visitors had been scratched, hair had been pulled, people became dizzy in certain areas of the house, especially in the slave quarters. Zach and Aaron both got dizzy at the same time. No. In the same area. Yes. Zach was on top of the stairs and Aaron was on the bottom of the stairs and both got zapped at the same time. Zapped. Yep. There's a shadow man in the basement of the house that has been seen a number of times. So, you know, these shadow men, you kind of catch them from the sides, you know, a lot of the time. Yeah, like in your peripheral. 
Yeah, this guy actually kind of lounges against against that doorpost. He also there's a couch in the basement, and he's been known to sit on the couch, especially when somebody else is sitting there. Sit, and it's always on the right side of the couch. That's so weird. The person can feel the couch. You know, you can feel the couch moving a little bit when somebody sits joins you. They can right. feel that. And other people actually see this shadow man sitting there. That's scary. <laughs> I'm just thinking of this, this guy just sitting, you know, casually sitting down with his arm on the armrest, crossing his legs. Just hmm. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> there have been recordings of voices and screams, as well as a lot of orbs in the house. Nikki, the tour guide, told us that people on her past tours had snapped pictures of the outside of the house only to find a female face glaring at them from the window. This is mm -hmm. thought to have been Matilda. Now, if you have seen pictures of Matilda, perhaps I will post one because, again, snap, snap, snap. No Matilda in my pictures, but. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Anyway. I thought you were about to share that you got one. Oh, I would be elated if I got one no no I never got anything um so she's just she's very white of course I mean her skin is very white she has dark hair and her eyes are kind of little and they're so and they're very dark so they're very piercing even like this Ooh. painting of her is just disturbing because she's like Ew. looking into your soul anyway to have a picture you know her face looking out at you um, there are some tours that actually go into the house. Um, this was not one of them. Um, I would like to do one of them because the house is really haunted. Um, there's some really cool evidence from, you know, on YouTube and stuff from tours that have been taken, taken inside the house. And Matilda seems to really not want people in her house. And Matilda was the first wife? Second. The second wife. Not the one That's that died of yellow fever, but the one that killed one herself. committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Ghost Adventures. Like she's, did... she's mad that the secret of her husband and everything that happened got out. It's like, just stay out of my house. That's I don't think. Yeah. She just doesn't want people in her house. Yeah. You're getting the rugs dirty. <laughs> Ghost Adventures. That's going to did... be me. Take <laughs> your damn shoes, shoes off. off. <laughs> That was probably really loud. Sorry. Sorry. Ghost Adventures <laughs> did pick up some things, though. A female voice, I mean, very distinctly said, hello. It was a, and it was a response. She to should start our podcast. <laughs> hello. I'm going to do that. She next knows time. what to say. <laughs> oh, and then there were really distinct footsteps. Zach was upstairs and he was sitting in a chair. And you could, I mean, some of this stuff is like, those don't sound like footsteps. You know, this was so distinct footsteps coming towards him. Ooh. It was crazy. That was really cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have not watched Ghost Adventures in so long, and they have new episodes out. They do. And we've One, been requested by a few patrons, Patreon members, watch to watch it together. So watch. we've got to watch a new one. We need to do that on Patreon. Together. Again. That was yeah. That's so much fun. It's so much fun. Okay, the team really did pick up some cool spiritual evidence. Voices, cameras died. 
The battery was still full. They could see the batteries full, but the camera was off. I mean, it. they did pick up some really cool stuff. And by the way, I don't know why Zach, through the whole episode, inside the house, was wearing his sunglasses. Oh, well, he's Joe Cool. Maybe his eyes hurt. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But he's standing in this beautiful house and he's wearing his cool shades. Oh, just questioning. Um, he's proud of his shades, mom. He's proud of his sunglasses. Okay, I know I I poke fun at Ghost Adventures, but honestly, I love watching them because it's just so funny. <laughs> you think they're funny? We should do a paranormal investigation. I bet we would oh be very gosh. entertaining. Mom would be handing out her cards to all the spirits. <laughs> it was so nice to speak with you. Here's my card. If you so want to nice. follow up on the episode. So nice. Now here's some holy water. <laughs> All right. Tom and I visited a lot of places while in Savannah. Poor, poor guy. I, I dragged him. I looked at the map. really into ghosts. <laughs> um, I never, ever look at maps. It's just not my thing. But I looked oh, at gosh. this one and I did some research and I'm circling all these places where it's supposedly haunted. It's, and I didn't tell Tom any of it. I just said, oh, here's some cool places we need to go to. <laughs> he, he probably knew. But anyway, I drug him all over town. Our tour stopped outside of many homes and I took a lot of pictures, but I, as I said before, didn't get any ghostly apparitions. Or so you think maybe viewers, maybe listeners will look at them and see like, Oh, this looks a little off though. You know, perhaps, perhaps, I mean, I am a skeptic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe it just didn't pop out at me. I don't know. However, when we stood in Calhoun Square, which, by the way, is no longer Calhoun Square. Correct. They took the name in November of 2022. Yeah, I was they say, took it was the recently. name. They took the name off of the square. It is mm -hmm. still unnamed because a uh, slave owner uh, was it's Calhoun was a slave Correct. owner, and he didn't really have anything to do with Savannah. So oh. it's like, why is this? guy here you know so i think they took a statue down but for sure they took his name off of the square and to top that off well first i'm going to tell you how i felt and then i'll i don't know what happened but i felt so the tour guide was talking we we're in the middle of the square and i just got this really super heavy feeling got this like oppressed heavy feeling and then i literally got nauseous to my stomach and i got really lightheaded and i said Tom, I've got to get out of here. And just about the same time, she said that in Calhoun Square, there's either one or a couple of mass graves where slaves were buried. Correct. I knew the and history of that place. That's I did not know that beforehand, but I was just like, I have got to get out of this. Luckily, we we turned around and left um, mm -hmm. shortly after that because I don't. I don't know if I would have been able to not throw up. I mean, it was just really oh. that bad. And then it was, I don't know, three minutes or so after leaving the square, three to five minutes, I felt fine. Absolutely fine. It was just yeah. weird. That was just yeah, there was really like, strange. Um, multiple slave, well, you just said the word, like mass, mass burial. Mm -hmm. And they did move some of them to a slave cemetery but they didn't get all of them 
mm-hmm. what I understand. And mm-hmm. they just built the park and the square over, over it. And it's those are still people. Like it's ugh, that side. I'll of tell you, I that was so a really upsetting. yeah, that was a really like weird feeling. I have to say that was that was strange. As I said, we visited many places, but for time's sake, I'm not going to cover every place because again, I didn't catch, I didn't catch pictures. <laughs> I did go to the pirate house. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called, the pirate yeah. house? And it's supposed to be haunted too. It's supposed to be really haunted. We went there for dinner when we were there. And granted, we took the kids. You said you asked your server, right? Mm-hmm. If the place mm-hmm. is haunted and your server said no. She said that um, other servers have said it was, but she has not witnessed anything personally, but she's really excited to do so. <laughs> yeah. Our server, uh, we were out the door. And so Alex is chasing, well, he had Maybe we had three kids at the time. I don't remember two or three. He's chasing the kids out the door. And I like, was like, I have to ask our server. And so I asked him, I said, is this place haunted? And he's like, yes. That's all. He just was like, yes. I was like, well, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I just want to sit and chat with you. I had, I was on my way out the door. Um, but the whole restaurant's really cool. I mean, any of those it places is. are so cool, but they've really tried to keep it old looking, I guess, but it's where all the pirates and, or sailors that come and get a get a have a pint yeah and they have that part of the restaurant is still actually where i mean the walls and everything are still actually there where the pirates used to come i think that there's some spirits there for sure then yeah again i'm going through taking pictures (laughs) totally fail man awesome there is one place more that i'd like to cover and that is the grave face museum this place was so stinking cool um tom left me there and went to eat lunch this was not someplace tom that left he... you there <laughs> well actually i told him just go eat lunch because this is not uh, anything he up shooed your you alley. out of the car go go no we shoot, walked shoot. everywhere there was no car but he <laughs> i'm like go eat lunch just go eat lunch enjoy yourself have a drink i don't care but it's just i, I wanted to go i wanted to go through the museum at my leisure and you know and I know he would have complained because it wasn't really his thing at all and I say that because there was this museum is is so just so cool they had all kind of curiosities in it I'll post pictures of um, two shrunken heads that I mean actual shrunken heads that were there there's also um, a Haitian voodoo which is, I think, another word for voodoo. There's a Haitian voodoo skull um, that I took a picture of with the eyes sewn shut and stuff. It was just, and then, of course, you have the, you know, four-legged, or four-legged, yeah, five-legged oh. calf and the, t- you know, calf with two heads. Four, four-legged and... calf. Now that's something <laughs> that I'd want to so see. so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> then they had a whole room from Levine, the the guy who's kind of started the satanic um mm-hmm. church thing so they had a whole room covering that which was interesting to me and then you walked into kind of a hallway well it was just rooms it's like a house right and so there were rooms that you kind of walked through and then they got there was a cabinet a, a glass cabinet and it was locked and it was full of haunted dolls and it's just like 
okay, you know, whatever. But the more I stood there, the more I'm like, Ooh, I'm uh, getting, I just got chicken bumps. I, it was, it was a weird feeling. I'm like, "Mm, okay, I'm out of here. But before I left that area, I thought, oh, this would be cool for our listeners to see. So I'm snapping pictures of this cabinet. And then I took behind me was some kind of vampire stuff. So I took pictures of that. And then I moved on and they have like this arcade place that has pinballs that all haunted pinballs, pinball machines. I didn't do that. <laughs> what an what an odd collection. And then they have oh these like gosh. people that used to be in the circus that the bearded lady and all that yeah. other stuff. They have a section on that. So anyway, I took pictures of everything. Upstairs they have true crime stuff. I mean they have right. clothes, they have um oh. drawings that the that the killers drew while in prison. I just all this very cool stuff, birth certificates, um, the warrant to search houses, just all this really cool stuff. And I did take pictures of that. And when we cover those people, I will post those pictures. Yeah, Um, You took a picture of something we had already covered. I don't remember what it was. It was the the San Francisco witch killers. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I have to say here that I you know, like I said, I thought the the dolls were really interest, scary, creepy, and I want to take a picture of them. I told Beth yesterday, I was like, I want to post this stuff, but they're not in my pictures. They're not in any of the collection of my pictures. They they just did not turn out. They're not on and your I, phone anymore. No, I know that I took four or five pictures of these dolls. Knowing you, probably a little more than that. (laughs) Then I turned around and I know I did some vampire picturing too, but the vampire Vampire pictures, (laughs) vampire pictures aren't there either. It's like everything that I took in this space that I was in. I know that's when you told me that I was like, that's kind of weird. They're gone. They're no, I mean, they're not there. Very weird. And you know what is strange? I did not realize that until I started writing this up and it was like, oh, cool. I'm going to put post the pictures of the dolls and then I realized that they they weren't there you should go into your deleted photos album on your phone and see if they're there oh there's a deleted album mm-hmm. <laughs> I did it, it keeps the photos there for like I don't know a couple weeks just okay. check I was just I would just be curious okay so for those of you that are interested in history in the paranormal or just wanting to visit a beautiful city I highly highly recommend Savannah this is not an ad, even though she just made it sound like one. The city we are not on... sponsored by the city of Savannah. no, but they could. That would be so cool. The city built on the dead. They could sponsor our trip there. I mean, if you're into all this kind of you know curiosities and stuff, you've got to visit the Graveface Museum, and they do allow you to take pictures. They they said please take pictures, and they do, but they might not be saved in your phone. But they might not turn out. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> That's why they're so so gracious about take pictures. Go ahead, because they know they're not going to turn out. <laughs> Cute. Oh, okay. There you go, Savannah. And I'm taking a drink of this punch thing. I am pulling up my thing right now. Alrighty, I am like so excited for this. I just got really What's loud for those listening. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I want to okay. know. Uh, I am having, it's called the mongoose, okay? Mm-hmm. And it is 
a shot. Oh. So that's why I said mine's strong too, because it's just a shot. Uh, it is it's just a, half, a shot. <laughs> it's just a shot. But it is a half ounce of Crown Royal, a half ounce of peach schnapps, and a half ounce of sweet and sour mix. You put it in uh, with ice in a shaker, shake it up, strain it into a nice shot glass. That sounds really good, actually. Yeah. I've, I've only just sipped a little of it. These are killer hangover shot glasses. That's a that's another story on it in its own time. That's <laughs> that's a true crime story I'll have to cover sometime about how I got conned into supporting this person to make us merch. <clears throat> but we Mom do said, have them. If you do have them, if you want some. <laughs> there are a few that turned out really good. So if you are interested, let me know. Uh yeah. Mom's like, I have this great company. You know, there's a few great companies we can look into. And I'm like, well, I like to shop small. I like to support local vendors. And that did not work out this time. Usually that works out great. It I does. feel good about myself after. Yes. But uh, it <laughs> did not look great. Let's just say that the sweatshirts look like my two-year-old made them. And uh, a lot of the stemless wine glasses, the, the picture is just just on the top, just on the lip here. So I don't know. We're, we'll figure out something to do with them. Yeah, they're sitting uh, so, in my office right now, right? I know. I And I have a box here too. Like I just, Ugh. anyway, we got conned, mom. We got conned. Half ounce Crown Royal, half ounce peach schnapps, and a half ounce of sweet and sour mix. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. It's really smooth. It's really good. Okay. I feel like I need like a flashlight. Turn the lights off. The spooky tale. My story today takes us to the Isle of Man. It sounds M- like a M A N. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's an island. Uh, it sounds like a uh, Twilight Zone place for some reason to me. I don't know why. Okay. I don't Maybe know why. They did why a Twilight either. episode on the Isle of Man. This is the Isle of Man. There are lots of folklore and legend that surround this island i mean the island was created by a man named finn mccool he was in search of a scottish giant he was hunting the scottish giant and he chased this giant he didn't want the giant to escape and swim across the sea so he scooped up some land he scooped up some clay and rock and he threw it to block the giant from swimming in the sea and he overshot his throw he's stronger than he thought and it landed in the irish sea thus creating the isle of man oh there is the begane which is a malevolent spirit that takes the form of an ogre he ripped the roof off of saint trinian's church there is a water dwelling shape shifter that haunts the isle of man called galston there are evil fairies on the oh, Isle of goodness. Man, people still to this day will have wooden crosses on their door to protect them from these evil fairies. There's the Matadu, which is a black ghost dog that wanders the corridors of Peel Castle. Oh, that's our first and, ghost dog. Yeah, his name is Matadu. Not Marmaduke, but Marmaduke. And not Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Jimmy Squarefoot. Oh, he is a very peaceful creature with a human body, a pig's head and boar's tusks. 
and a square foot. I I wonder. <laughs> but the story I'm going to share with you today from the Isle of Man and is one that is not necessarily a folklore or a legend. It was talked about a lot in the tabloids and the press at the time. Paranormal investigator Harry Price even went to investigate this. Mm. Perhaps it's paranormal. Perhaps it's real. But for sure, it's bizarre. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, good intro. Thank you. Once upon a time, there was a man named James and a woman named Margaret. They were the Irvings. And they moved to the Isle of Man in 1916. They moved to a 70-acre farmstead, Dorlish, at Cashin's Gap. They worked as sheep farmers. The two had a baby girl two years after moving to their very isolated farm. They were very isolated. I have that here again in my notes, so I'm <laughs> going to repeat it. They were very isolated. Life out there was isolated. Oh, my gosh. Can you stress anything more? <laughs> Life out there was isolated. It was normal. They would wake up early, tend their farm, their sheep all day, come home, ate dinner, went to bed early to get it to get up and do it all over do it the all next over day. Again. All normal. Until September of 1931, when they started hearing strange noises in the wood paneling of the wall separating James and Margaret's room and their 13-year-old, she was 13, Vori's room. So the wall paneling there they started hearing these like scratching noises between their rooms okay so was it i mean isolated honestly, was it isolated to that room that panel okay joke it, would have been funnier if you could have gotten it out right mom <laughs> <laughs> uh honestly they weren't concerned with the noises at first they thought it was just you know pitter patter scratching they thought maybe a mouse had made mice, its home there yeah. i mean they're out on a farm and this is 1916. Well, Not that 19... that makes mice more common. I don't know why. I just 1930. Wasn't it 1930 now? Um, No. They moved there in 1916. And this is 13 years later. Okay. So, so 29, 1929. Did I do that okay. math right? Not 1930. <laughs> that shot went straight, straight to the noggin. <clears throat> no mom it's 1929 it's 19 not 1930 yet we're in 1929 Rawr. okay so they're not concerned with the noises at first they think it's just a mouse uh but it's very consistent and it starts it's like every single night and then hissing starts Ooh. and it's like this pitter powder that's like growing louder and it it's a rodent's hissing and it was just happening every single night. What does James rodent gets, hiss, hissing sound like? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want okay. to know. Okay. James gets fed up and he starts to lay traps. But this only seems to upset whatever is in the wall because it grows louder and louder. Oh. He got so fed up that James would sit up at night with a loaded gun just waiting for this. I mean, like this creature has to come out at some shoot? point. Oh, he's not going to shoot the wall. I mean, he's just waiting with a loaded gun, just waiting to kill whatever is in this wall. Like, it's just getting louder and louder. And then after a month of the loud noises in the wall, he saw the creature that was making the noise. It was almost like a squirrel, 
but bigger. Maybe a ferret or a weasel kind of looking thing. It was about nine inches long, yellow fur. The tail was bushy with black specks in it. It was a very thin creature and it moved very quickly. So James could not catch or even shoot it. Another month goes by and James had really had it. He soaks a piece of bread in poison and lays it at the top of the staircase to kill the rodent. That night, there are horrible screams coming from inside the wall. Oh, no. Like the animal was in pain. Yeah. The horrendous screaming goes on for 20 minutes and then silence. The family slept in absolute peace that night, believing the animal was finally dead. The next morning, Vori, the daughter, discovers the poison-soaked bread still sitting at the top of the stairs. (gasps) untouched had the animal faked a poisoning was it that intelligent that night the scraping and loud noises in the walls continued now by the month of december in 1929 (laughs) the hissing and noises continued into the daytime and they changed they changed almost human sounding james described it as a human voice with a very high-pitched almost like two octaves higher than a human speaking and it was almost like baby slurring like it it was like but it was very human-like mumbling and it started mimicking what the family was saying it started to mimic sayings and phrases over the next few months james worked with the creature he worked with the creature from inside the walls and taught it phrases and words The creature, almost like a parrot, would repeat things back to James. James taught the creature nursery rhymes and songs at first to get like a rhythmic to it, Uh just like you do a child. taught this thing. Uh, So at this point, the family believes this is a supernatural being. Why they're playing with it and teaching it things, I don't know. Uh, Before long, the creature inside the wall starts having conversations with the Irving family. The creature told the family he was a mongoose and his name was Jeff. This is the mongoose shot. Got it. Thank you. Quote, I was born. Oh, a deer just jumped my fence. Into your yard? Into my yard and scared the bejesus out of me just now. Thought it was a person. (laughs) Frolicking over your fence. (laughs) That really scared me. Okay, let me take a moment, take a beat. How do you pronounce? Is it Dali India? Delhi India? Dalia? Dili? D E H L I. Quote I was born in India. Delhi. Isn't it Delhi? Delhi, I think so. Delhi. On June 7th, 1852, I have been shot at by Indians. I am a marsh mongoose. This is what he told the family. He had just learned to speak, not even a month prior, but... Oh, wow. This is what he's telling them. Uh, Being that mongoose are not a native animal on the Isle of Man, Jeff explained that he made the trek from India to Egypt by boat, and he was a stowaway, which a lot of rodents are. Quote, I was brought to England from Egypt by a man named Holland. 
When I was in India, I lived with a tall man who wore a green turban turban on his head. Then I lived with a deformed man, a hunchback. Unquote. Jeff is very intelligent, I would say. I guess. He learned all this in a month. He learned how to speak. But yeah. he speaks many languages. I how? <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Considering two months ago he was babbling like a baby, and now he is telling them about a hunchback he lived with. <laughs> Can we get Finn down here, my two year old? Let's start getting <laughs> words going because this nonverbal whining thing is driving me crazy. Oh. Jeff the mongoose, please come help me. <laughs> this morning we sat for five minutes arguing what he wanted for breakfast. I had no idea. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> where was I? Oh, he made it then to the Isle of Man where he had made it his home. So is this some real mongoose? The Irvings thought so. At this point, they're not thinking paranormal anymore. They really think that this is a talking <laughs> rodent talking at their house. But they've not seen. I mean, he, he's. They've seen talking. him. So when yeah. he's talking to them, is it through the wall or is it? Not all the time, I guess. Just I don't know. On their, this was their... not made clear. But they know what he looks like. He's yellow with polka dot like tail, bushy tail. Uh, but if this is a real mongoose, that would mean he is 80 years old. Because remember, he was born in 1852. So he's 80, which is, I'm pretty sure, not the lifetime of a mongoose. Uh, <laughs> he's very intelligent. Like I said, I mean, wow. Um, but like, So like, what is this? Is this like a ghost or something paranormal pretending to be a mongoose? Why a mongoose? Uh, but they really did think this was a real mongoose. In fact, he told the family, quote, if you knew what I know, you'd know a hell of a lot. <laughs> Unquote. That is intense, man. And that mongoose became quite a threat to the family. He a became threat. very violent. Yeah. He became very obsessed with Bori, the daughter in particular. Ooh. He followed her everywhere. In the house, on the farm, and even into town to school. James and Margaret became very concerned with this. Uh, but the mongoose said, quote, I am not evil. I could be if I wanted. Oh, you don't know what damage or harm I could do if I were roused. I could kill you all. But oh. I, won't. <laughs> I won't. Unquote. I won't today. Quote, I know who I am, but I shan't tell you. I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. Oh, unquote. good Lord. Jeez, Louise. James and Margaret decided to move Ori into their room to sleep at night. This angered the mongoose. Quote, I'll follow her wherever you move her. They yelled <laughs> at them. I am a ghost in the form of a weasel, and I shall and I shall haunt you with weird noises and clanking chains. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Marley, it, it's Marley it the ghost. It did. <laughs> no, it's Jeff. It's Jeff. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it did more than that, though. The mongoose started throwing stones and rocks at James and Margaret keeping them up all hours of the night with loud bangs and scary sounds. This totally sounds point, like a little toddler. At one, 
a horrible toddler. Jeez. <laughs> At one point, have you heard of sleep training? I mean, come on now. <laughs> At one point, it screamed at them, quote, I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world, unquote. Again, what a freaking smart mongoose. I mean, like. I think it's a little egotistical, but. <laughs> wow. Quote, if you are kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you are not kind, I shall kill all your poultry. I can get them wherever you put them. Oh, and that's their way of living. They're farmers. So they all start living nicely together. And oh, okay. James, Margaret and Vori, they live with their little pet spirit mongoose. I don't know what this thing is. Jeff. Uh, he would hunt rabbits for the family and he would like leave them on their front doorstep and they would so they could cook them and have dinner yeah. and everything. Yeah. And it, with that, the family would share their dinner or their meals with Jeff. They would make a plate for Jeff at every meal they just kind of started to live at peace with this mongoose spirit thing. okay uh now jeff started leaving the farm on his own he started venturing out he wouldn't just hang out at the farm and he would sneak into other people's houses and he would come home and share about his experiences and his excursions with the family at night you know some nice pillow talk <laughs> hey did oh. you know what's happening down the road <laughs> no, it's exactly what he would do. He would kind of gossip. And then he also said, quote, I have been to nicer homes than this. <laughs> Car carpets, piano, satin covers on polished tables. I'm going back there. <laughs> <laughs> Unquote. Okay, go. <laughs> but he claimed that the farmhouse was his home. Home. Mm. And, quote, it suits me. Unquote. So, James, well, James, he's a bit of a chatterbox. And he starts kind of talking about this spirit mongoose living in his walls. Why? I have no idea. But he did. <laughs> and honestly, it's not just his word, though. Jeff is seen by townspeople as well. Well, he has to. He follows the, the girl to school. He has to be seen. There was a teenager. His name was Will. He saw a small animal roaming around his house. Yellow, fluffed up tail with black speckles. And there's not a lot of weasels in the Isle of Man. So it was kind of like, a, what the heck is in my house? Can right. you just picture this Jeff walking by eating a sandwich? He just like helped himself. I'm just picturing that. Walking on why. his his uh, yeah, back legs. Back legs, just like eating a sandwich. Like, what up, Will? Thanks for the sandwich. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> a post office worker named John Moore. He goes to the house, obviously, to deliver mail. And the Irvings invited him inside one day for tea or snack or whatever, out of the heat. I don't know. And while he's there, though, he hears thumping noises in the wall as they're all sitting there. And then he hears a high-pitched voice shout out, quote, put the bloody gramophone on, unquote. I mean, you're hosting somebody. Put the bloody music on. What is wrong with you people? And the family's just sitting there, just drinking their tea. <laughs> oh, I guess Jeff is right. We put on some music. I'm so sorry. So you have these believers of Jeff, these people that have seen Jeff, but you also have the people that are questioning all of this, you know, like they're isolated on a farm. Is this some story <laughs> that they made up? There's the isolated word again. Uh-huh. 
is this just something that they made up? Vori doesn't have a lot of friends. She's about 17 years old at this time. And her fr- only friends at this point are her mom, her dad, and you're going to love this, her sheepdog, Mona. Oh. Yeah. And other, like, other kids kind of make fun of her. If you, or they believe, so, you know, these kids make fun of her because they're like, you guys are crazy talking about some mongoose jeff in your walls (laughs) or they believe it and they're terrified like you have a mongoose named jeff living in your walls (laughs) but word is getting around about jeff tabloids and media print about it i mean to this day people are still making songs about it anyway uh and like the family they don't want money they're not advertising this they're not trying to get famous on this Soon, though, Harry Price hears about this, and I think we have to cover him at some point. He's pretty phenomenal, 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 phenomenal in the paranormal area. Of he is the founder of the National Laboratory of Psychical Research. Okay, uh, he tr- he travels the country investigating, travels the world investigating supernatural occurrences, mm-hmm. and. He, you know, he believes that a majority of these are fake and he will go and find the fakes. Most of them were fakes, uh, taking advantage of people during the whole spiritualism movement. He debunks it. He debunks it. He was the then day Zach Bagans, the original, the OG. Anyway, um, he thinks this is really just like too bizarre to believe. Bizarre. Right. Take a drink. Uh, it's too bizarre to believe. So he sends one of his employees, Captain Harold Dennis. Yeah, go on. You go check this out. <laughs> February 26th, 1932. Okay. Dennis arrives and the Irvings are very kind to him. They're very hospitable. James shares stories and shows him all the tunnels and holes in the wall that Jeff lives. And, you know, tells them everything from Jeff being from India and how he got here and everything, you know, about Jeff. The Irving seem like very kind and normal people talking about a rodent living in their walls that talks to them. Very normal. Does Jeff make an appearance? Well, while he's there, there's no evidence of Jeff. Oh. There's no noises, no sounds, no voices. And the Irvings explain, well, you know, Jeff, he likes to take visits around town and he goes on trips. He goes on Uh, trips? He must be out and about. Uh, But, you know, he's also very hesitant to talk around strangers. So Dennis, he spends all day there. He spends all day with the Irvings into the late, late evening. And he's really disappointed that he's not met, seen, heard anything from Jeff. And it's about midnight and he decides to head to town to go where he was staying the night. And So he puts his coat on and he heads to the door. He says it's goodbyes. He leaves. As the door closes behind him, he hears in a very high-pitched voice, Who was that man? (laughs) I'm thinking the chipmunks. (laughs) Dennis, and I think that's how it was, Dennis hurries back into the Irving's home. But alas, that's it. Nothing else from Jeff. The next morning, he comes bright and early, hoping something anything would happen and at this point he is thinking jeff's he's a hoax this is a total hoax stories are fake 
he's not sure what the motive would be if this were a hoax, but he also believed it to be Vori or maybe Margaret that were doing this with their voices, maybe. He just thinks uh. it's just fake. Uh, something was just off, so it just seemed fake. So he goes back early the next morning, though, and again, nothing happens. Nothing. Mm. But he hangs out all day. Later, sometime in the afternoon, Margaret heads to town. She needs to do some grocery shopping. And uh, so it's just Vori, the daughter, James, and Dennis sitting around in the house. I mean, how boring. Around 5.30, they're enjoying some tea. And a needle comes hurling out of the wood paneling and hits the teapot. Dennis is shocked. Then Margaret comes home from her visit to town. Mm-hmm. And they're telling her, oh, you know, he threw a needle. He threw a needle. He threw a needle. And she's like, that's it. That's all he did. We have this man coming to see that he's here. And that's all that Jeff did. And she gets really, really mad. She starts yelling and she goes upstairs and starts yelling at the wall, yelling at Jeff. Oh, no. Lori and James follow her. The three are up there yelling trying to convince Jeff to make himself known. And Dennis hears a high-pitched voice arguing back. (gasps) He hears the voice shouting back. He does not want to talk to a non-believer. Dennis starts to dart upstairs to catch if he can catch a glimpse. Hear better something, Jeff. And on the way up the stairs, he trips. Oh, no. George. George, there's George. We haven't talked about George tripping people on stairs in a while. He was tripped. He didn't hurt himself. Nothing happened, but he scared Jeff off. And he left with no evidence for Harry Price. But Dennis cannot stop thinking about Jeff. In the end of May in 1935, so a couple years later, he heads back to the Isle of Man. He meets James in town. The two have lunch. They walk along the beach together. Sounds like a little date. Uh, (laughs) And at some point during their little afternoon together, Dennis picks a daisy and he attaches it to his little (laughs) lapel. And they're, you know, just the two men just having a nice little outing. And then they head to the house. Margaret meets them before they arrive in the home. And she tells them, Jeff followed you all day. And he told me everything you did. (laughs) And she told him all the details of their day down to what they ate for lunch to the daisy pinned to Dennis's lapel. Oh my gosh. Dennis is impressed, but he goes and sits in that house for hours and hours and hours, still waiting for Jeff to appear. James, Margaret, and Dennis have some tea together. Oh my gosh, so much tea. (laughs) And Vori goes about her day doing chores around the house. And at some point in their hours and hours of Dennis sitting there, uh, Jeff the mongoose speaks. And from the walls, Dennis hears, quote, Plus fours Oxford bags, unquote. (laughs) This, though, this is enough to convince him. And he tells Harry Price that Jeff is the real deal. (laughs) Uh, Not long after he gets home, he gets some fur sent to him from the Irvings uh, to prove that Jeff is real. He sends it to some pathologists at the London Zoo the person there, whoever tested it, I don't know how they tested it, but they said it's there's no way this is from a mongoose. They believed it was taken from a long-haired dog. Not Molly. Mona. Nice try. Mona. <laughs> Mona. Molly, Mona. 
Uh, Harry Price, um, one obsessed at the bazaar like we are, makes a trip to the Isle of Man. Uh, with him, he brings a good friend of his, Richard Lambert. He's a historian. He was also a writer. Um, he was a broadcaster at the time. So he likes to cover the stories that Harry Price goes and investigates. Mm-hmm. Um, they get to the Isle of Man. Jeff, of course, refuses to show up. Now, remember, Jeff goes on little vacations, shall I call them. Uh, he doesn't just stay around the farmhouse. I mean, now he's intelligent and speaking and, like, telling his story. He wants to get out to the world, I'm of sure. Of course. James tells Price that Jeff would hang on the doors of buses and cars, and that's how he would travel. He would just stow away, and he would go away. <laughs> uh, it's all just so confusing. Uh, if this was a hoax... Again, what's the motive here? Because it's not like the family is reaching out for publicity or anything. Right. And again, you have uh, Mona. Oh, I didn't mean to say Mona. Vori, whose only friend is Mona, her dog and her parents. So she's still struggling. At this point in her life, the only thing that Mona, why keep saying Mona? The only thing that Vori really did besides hang out with her mom and dad was go rabbit hunting with Mona. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. rabbits hmm. interesting oh Ringing because the rabbit rabbits were left at the doorstep uh price is a little suspicious of james and he thinks vori knows the answers to what's going on he invites her on a tour of the isle of man he's like let's go see the isle of man show me around your island and james invites himself with him so then price is like you know i would love vori to come to london she needs to get out to london of course i will have some female companion to travel with her i would love her to come to london with us and james refuses his daughter to go so at this point and i mean this case was deemed unsolvable by harry price hmm a publicist, Nora Nichols, came to research and write about Jeff. She, like Price, found that many locals believed in Jeff. They were scared of him. And they wouldn't go anywhere near the house. And they would even try to avoid the family. Well, they she were also, isolated, though. Yeah, but they just... Well, because this did become spooky, you did have some kids that would try to go out there. Or mm. people that were curious. And a lot of people did say that Vori could throw her voice that they'd witnessed it a couple times. Uh. She could be like a ventriloquist of sorts. And some people apparently witnessed this. And there were some kids that, like I said, would go out there. And there were some teenage girls that when they came and snuck at the house and they're looking in the window, they saw Margaret and Vori like hitting pans together, like weirdly, (laughs) Um, almost like they were practicing something. And when the women saw the girls outside, they got, like, scared. But they're also isolated. And there's people outside their window looking there's at their wind- house. <laughs> There's faces looking too. in on them, right? <laughs> Why they're hitting pans and pots, I have no idea. Make but... sure there's still work. <laughs> Sporadically, in 1938, Jeff says he's going to leave and he's never going to return. And, you know, so if this is real paranormal, what? I mean sporadically apparently he left uh vori margaret and james took their secret to their grave of whatever this was uh james died first he again you know people thought that james was the one keeping the women quiet so they thought maybe the women would speak once james died they never Mm -hmm. spoke up about anything you know they would reach out to vori to give 
stories or tell us what's going on. And she really just wanted to live a normal life. She had a horrible adolescence, if you think about it. Again, if this thing is real or not, she was really shunned or made fun of regardless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she really wanted to live a normal life. And she was kind of sick of being harassed by some rodent living in her walls. (laughs) Finally, in 1970, she told her story publicly in an interview with Fate magazine, where she told them, quote, yes, there was a little animal who talked and did all those other things. He said he was a mongoose, and he said we should call him Jeff. But I do wish he had left us alone, unquote. Her story has remained the same all these years. They've It's it's been the same nothing's changed the family did eventually sell their home and the man that moved in captured some long rodent and killed it and took a picture of it and it was like all over the newspapers everywhere that he had killed and captured jeff and vori was like that that's That's not not jeff jeff so yeah a lot of people and, and i i know i mentioned isolated a lot so one of two things, either they're isolated and they've gone cuckoo because they're so isolated or the woman hated being isolated and James was never going to leave his farm. That's how he made his living. And so they were trying to scare James out of the farm so that they could not be so isolated and get out. They mm. felt stuck. But even after James's death, they still stayed there. The women still did for a while and they still continued their story. So I don't. I don't know. So you don't have an end to this? That's it. If you're hearing scraping sounds in your walls, it could be Jeff. And that is G-E-F. That's how he spelled it. G-E-F. Okay. Mm-hmm. The talking mongoose. That is a really weird story. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bizarre. It's a true story. There's a ton of newspaper articles on this thing. It was like a really big deal back then. Oh, what my was gosh. What was who was Jeff? Other people in town even saw it under their beds. They see beady little eyes, and then they see this yellow thing run out of their houses. Oh my gosh, that is so strange. Mm-hmm. I thought so. I thought it was very fitting for a bizarre episode. Yes, definitely. All right. <sighs> oh, okay. Well, another bizarre episode in the books. I cannot believe we're on episode 140. I know. I know. It's a fun ride. You are so good, mom. <laughs> uh, if you want to see resources and pictures from this episode, they will be on our website, killerhangoverpodcast.com. You can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, you know, all of the things for social media. All the things. Join us on Patreon, please. If you want more stories like mom mentioned, or we hop on there and do our morning show thing when we <laughs> when we get together um oh, next time we get together we need to do the ghost adventures thing yeah i think we do owe that as well as our morning show kind of catch up on current true crime stuff and just chat and talk about different random things it's been a lot of fun patrons we have a lot of fun but yeah, mom's going to put all her pictures from her trip on our website. So go check those out. And maybe you guys can see something. Maybe she missed it. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment, hello, follow us. Do all of the youtube things. If you are listening on any podcast platform, hi, hello, welcome. Please leave us a review and a comment. We'd really like to hear from you guys as well. This was a good episode, mom. 
That was fun. It was fun, definitely, especially with Jeff. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, I don't Jeff. Know about you. <laughs> oh, all oh, right. Cheers, well, you don't mama. have anything left, but I do. No, so I don't. Cheers, Mama. Cheers. I love you, kid. <laughs>